Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. I learned a long time ago. I learned a long time ago. Players win games. Carr claps his hands. Now gets the ball. Back to pass again. Fires towards the end zone. Adams reaches. Grubbs! What a throw and catch! The Fresno connection works for the Raiders! When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. And after a day away being at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate everyone who came by, said what's up, hung around, watched football game. Monday Night Football action was on the TVs last night as the 49ers came away with the big win over the Rams. And again, just shout out to everyone who came by, said what's up, picked up some of the prizes that we had and uh, had a good time. And we're there every single Monday night. And on Fridays, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings. So uh, I'll be at another Buffalo Wild Wings this upcoming uh, Friday. As a matter of fact, well, before the end of the show, I'll let you know exactly which one it is. It's kind of like a Buffalo Wild Wing tour that I'm going on throughout the course of uh, the football season. So we'll let you know what Buffalo Wild Wings you can catch me at this upcoming Friday. But definitely appreciate everyone who came out yesterday to the Oyo. But glad to be back in the home studio. Got a lot to get to on today's show. Very excited about it. Going to have a very kind of defensive minded show today as we uh, start to take a step closer to turning the page and start to look forward to the Kansas City Chiefs who are Monday night football action and that's going to be fun as well. We will be at the Oyo next Monday but I believe the show will start around 1 o'clock and we'll go to about 3.15 then we'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen for the official pregame show so we'll tell you a lot more about that leading up to Monday but just kind of a little bit of a note uh, that we will have a little different schedule since the, the game is on Monday night football but again like I mentioned we'll definitely tell you a lot more about that later on the week and also on Monday. But yeah, got plenty to get to on today's show. Very excited about it, as I always am. Coming up at 2.30, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back. He's been on the show multiple times. He's going to join us to talk about Amik Robertson and talk about that Raiders secondary. And I know we talked a lot about Amik yesterday. Had Anthony Galavides from the Fresno B. He was on talking about a piece on uh, Amik Robertson. But it's funny, the more and more I continue to think about Amik and what he's been able to do, especially what he's been able to do over the course of the last three weeks, I just feel like there could be an opportunity for him. And I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but I feel like that there could be an opportunity for him to almost have that breakout type year. And, and what I mean by that, and again, I'm, I don't want to put, I hate associating names with them because all of a sudden it's like, oh, Q thinks he's going to be him. No, I don't think that. I just I just remember moments when guys started to have breakout moments and, and then all of a sudden you saw who they were. And I, I go back to Namdi Asamoah where it was forever he hadn't come up with an interception. He didn't come up with a big play. And I remember questioning, like, is this guy going to be as good as what everyone thought he was going to be when they drafted him? Now, of course, he was a former number one, over, not number one overall pick, but first round pick. So the, the expectations were a lot higher on him than they were on, on Amik Robertson. But with that being said, it took a while before Namdi came up with his first interception. But then when he got it, it's all of a sudden, it's like, it was like clockwork. Boom, 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 boom. I think that year he got his first interception, if I'm correct, I think he got eight that year. I'm not 100% correct, but I do think, or I'm not 100% sure, like confident in that, but I do think he had about eight interceptions that year when he finally picked up his first interception. DeMond, you're quick, man. You are correct. Jeez, I don't know how you, you pull that up so quick. I didn't even know that our computers in the studio worked that fast. 
Of all the tabs that I have open, I always have Pro Football <laughs> Reference gotcha. open so I can type up any player. When you mention them, yep. I'm ready to type in a name as soon as you mention And them. that's why you're my tag team partner right there. That's why DeMond is uh, Johnny on the spot. And, and that was the thing about it, man. I remember when he got that first one, all of a sudden it was just like that confidence was there to come up with more plays, more plays, and more plays. And again, not trying to say he's going to be Namdi. Namdi ended up becoming a really big time shutdown guy for the Raiders. Uh, you know, when he went to Philadelphia, the game changed and really his career went went down the tubes. Ended up, uh, I think, ending his career with San Francisco 49ers, and that was really bad. But uh, still, with his time with the Silver and Black, he was great. Again, not putting that on a meek, but it just. What I remember is the way that it happened, and I, I just always wondered if he was going to come up with some plays, and then finally he did. Well, Amik told us, matter of fact, he told us going back to the preseason game, that final one, I've, I've talked about it many times, that fourth preseason game against the Patriots, I remember he didn't get an interception, but he was supposed to be in on the play at the end of the game where the wide receiver, and I forget who the wide receiver is at this point, uh, that was in on the play, but he was playing safety, and he came up with that interception, and Amik said, I was actually supposed to be that guy, but they pulled me out, and so when he got that interception I was like man that should have been me like he said that in the locker room interview afterwards well a couple weeks later against the Cardinals he comes up with a big interception and then on Sunday against the uh, against the the Broncos he comes up with that that scoop and score and is able to take it to the house and again just sometimes and I could be way off he may never touch the ball again for all I know right but it's just me thinking out loud sometimes once the ball finds you the ball continues to find you so I, I just I'm just going ahead and throwing it out there. You know, we talk about Jerron Harmon all the time. He's a guy who what always happens to find the ball. He's always around the ball. Now he's done it for a very long period of time. So again, not putting that on a meek. But you got to start somewhere. So I'm just feel like that there's an opportunity for a meek to continue to build off of what he's done. So we'll talk to Mark McMillan. We talked about him yesterday on the show. How uh, you know he was obviously a, a small defensive back in the league, but played really well. You know, and had over 20-something career interceptions. And one year, uh, I think it was 97 for McMillan, he had eight career interceptions, or eight interceptions that season. So, I mean, it's just these kind of things, I feel like he'll have a lot to say about what he sees in Amik Robertson and what he could bring to the table and how, how he could build off the early success that he's had so far. So Mark McMillan will join us at 2.30. John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. He's our normal Tuesday guest. Talk all things NFL. We'll talk about the Raiders picking up their first victory and the fact that they're traveling to Kansas City Monday Night Football next week. But we'll talk all things NFL with John McClain at 3. At 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders radio broadcast. Obviously, he's uh, tag team partners with Jason Horowitz, former Raider offensive lineman. He'll join the show at 4 o'clock. And then at 4.30, uh, coach Eric uh, Cabotillo, Las Vegas High School. Uh, he's the head football coach. He's also the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. We always uh, have an interview with that coach every single Tuesday. We play that at 4.30, so you'll hear that coming up at 4.30. And uh, you know me in high school football. I'm always a big fan, so uh, shout out to Las Vegas High School. who Their defense, Damon, you want to talk about defense, man. They shut out basic, right? 14-0. They've only allowed... I'm trying to think. Hold on. They've only allowed, I want to say, 13 points in four games. It's very minimal. I, I can't remember the exact number. I'll have to look at it uh, before we talk to Coach. But it, it's it's a very small amount of points. That defense is humming right now. Less than two touchdowns in four games on the season. Yeah, that's incredible. That's what I'm saying. And, and you're just holding every team to field goals. I mean, that's got to be daunting for the opposing team. You get off the bus, you know, you know they only allowed a field goal last game. <laughs> 
I'm He'll trying for to, that one. I want to make sure that I have it right because I know it does sound like it's a super low number, but it was. It was super low, and I'm trying to uh, find it. Like I said, I'll find it before uh, 4.30, obviously, but it was uh, it was something very minimal just like that. I mean, their defense uh, is, is really – is really humming. Matter of fact, yeah, 13 points in the last four games is what they've allowed. So there's that. <laughs> man, to get shut out in high school, too, because that's that's where it's like, oh, we're playing it for fun. It should be wide open, right? Yeah, and you're just like, oh, man, you know, these kids, you know, we're all just here to play fun. And you just get back on that bus scoring nothing. Right. Well, that's what happens. Just getting shut out. You know, but that man. takes a lot of discipline, too. Yes. When you're in high school and you play defense like that and you're shutting folks out, that, I mean, you you really have a commitment to the defensive side of the ball. So uh, that'll be a fun conversation coming up at 430. Uh, Las Vegas High School head football coach Eric Capatillo will join the show. He is a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. So there you go. Those are the guests on the show. 230, Mark McMillan. 3 o'clock, John McClain. 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy. And 430, Coach Eric Capatillo from Las Vegas High School. And today also debuted the the um, Raiders Roundtable podcast with JT the Brick, Lincoln Kennedy, and myself. We recorded that earlier this morning at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. It's actually live on Raiders uh, YouTube right now, so you can go check that out. Don't check it out right now, right now. Check it out, uh, I don't know, like 502, right? <laughs> I mean, once 5 o'clock hits, take a couple minutes to yourself, maybe tell the wife hello, tell the kids hi, whatever, and then jump right back into some, you know, some, some Raider conversation. But really good conversation this morning with myself, JT, and Lincoln Kennedy, and we're going to do at least 17, 18, 19 episodes of this, right? So there's going to be a lot of these different episodes that you can always uh, count on. And, I mean, who couldn't use more Raider conversation? The more Raider content, the better, right? I mean, we're just putting it out, putting it out, putting it out. And uh, you'll also be able to hear that in just audio form at times here on Raider Nation Radio 920 as well. So those are the guests. It's also the announcement about the podcast and the the YouTube that is, uh, that's up right now on Raiders.com and their Raiders YouTube page. Go check that out, Raiders Roundtable. Now that you know all that, all the, all the good little kind of housekeeping stuff, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So as I mentioned, I really want to kind of give a focus to the defense. I think that everyone in Raider Nation is kind of talking about the offense and waiting for the offense to really get humming. And of course, we saw the big monster performance that Josh Jacobs put in on Sunday. Believe that that's the identity. We talked about that yesterday on the show, talked about the identity. We gave out game balls. But... The defense is really playing some good ball. I mean, they really are. And I know that throughout the course of the season, they hadn't put together four quarters, but they have now. We saw that on Sunday. If they can continue to do that, and look, you're not going to go and shut teams out all the time. You're not going to hold a team to just seven points. I'm not asking them to be Las Vegas High School where they only allow 13 points in four games. Not asking that. But Raider Nation, what have we been saying? If they have a halfway decent defense, if their defense is worth the salt, if it could be middle of the pack, it could be a really good team. Well, right now, they might need to be a little bit more than middle of the pack. They might need to be a little bit better than more than just assault, right? I mean, they've got to be pretty good because the offense is still trying to, to gel, to come together, to understand this, uh, this offensive scheme that Josh McDaniels is running. So I, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from the defense. I'm obviously enjoying what I'm seeing from Max Crosby. This dude could be in for a monster season. Think about this, DeMond. There's only been four games played. He's got four sacks and eight tackles for loss. He leads the league in tackles for loss. Think about that. And just for when we made our predictions, I think I'm I'm feeling pretty good about 15 sacks. 
Yeah. I mean, he keeps it up at this point. I mean, that's a good point. You know, and a lot of people, we talked about Max Crosby. You know, we had predictions thrown out there. We talked about the defense, and people said, hey, he could be Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm not saying he's going to be, but I'm also not saying he's not. You know, I mean, if he's got four sacks, uh, he's top five right now as far as sacks uh, uh, leaders across the league. And look, it's more, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's more about wins than just stats. But Max is off to a, a good start. And Max is that kind of dude that he's just going to keep grinding, 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 grinding. And, I mean, it's never it's never enough. He wants more and more and more. And I can appreciate that. So, uh, really, like I said, want to really kind of focus in on the defense. And I, I want you to hear a couple sound bites from uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Today, the Raiders made official that Blake Martinez, the linebacker, is uh, signing to the practice squad. I think that that's really good insurance. Denzel Perriman, we know he's in the concussion protocol. And... You've got to be careful with the concussion protocol, as we've seen, right? I think the league, and we'll ask John McClain this at 3 o'clock, I think the league is really going to take a bigger stance on concussions. I think, really, honestly, I think at some point they're going to say, hey, if you get a concussion, you got to sit out at least two weeks. You know, I, I think that that's coming down the pipeline. Now, I can't, that's just my gut feeling. Sometimes my gut feeling is correct. Sometimes my gut feeling is gas. I mean, I, I say that all the time, right? So who knows? Who knows what the situation is going to be? But ever since what happened with Tua on that Thursday night football game, I just feel like that they're going to go and, and try to maybe overcorrect the situation so they don't have that happen again. Yeah, and it's an overcorrection because so many people think that on Sunday something should have been done about the Tua situation. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So and they got overcorrected because you saw what happens when nothing's done about the situation at right, all. Right, exactly. If you leave it to people that you know have agendas or have you know something on their mind and that they need to get done, uh, a lot of times things fall through the cracks. So Blake Martinez was signed to the Raiders practice squad today, made official. That was put out there yesterday, actually, by my guy Jordan Schultz, uh, who joins the show every once in a while. But uh, he sent us a message saying that, hey, he was signing, uh, and the Raiders made it official earlier today. So I think that that's really good insurance. He's a guy that knows Patrick Graham's scheme. Uh, Patrick Graham talked about him. Matter of fact, we're going to get into that in a quick minute. But before we get into any sound from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, I did want to throw some show topics out to you. And of course, you could chime in any point of the show at 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. From what you've seen so far this season from the defense, how good do you believe they could be? This is something that we talked about early before the season ever got started, you know, kind of what were your predictions for the defense? Now you've kind of got, you know, a four-game sample size of what the defense could look like, and you saw the first victory on Sunday. What do you think, or how good do you believe this Raiders defense can be, and what type of season, again, now that we're four games in, we see what Max Crosby's done, what type of season do you see the rest of the way for Max Crosby? How good of a season can he have? Those are the two questions I want to throw out there to you today at 702-365-9200 and also the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Now, I want to get into uh, a little bit of sound from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, again, trying to have a very defensive-type show, show some love to the defense and, and really kind of focus in on the defensive side of things. I mentioned Blake Martinez signing on the practice squad. He's someone that Patrick Graham is very familiar with. Here is Patrick Graham talking about his relationship with Blake Martinez. I haven't seen him this morning. I did not see him this morning. But, um, yeah, we go back to, I think, I believe it was 2018, uh, uh, Green Bay. You know, I met him, and, you know, he was, a pre, I think, his third year as a linebacker in the league. And really just, you know, our relationship grew from there. You know, I was coaching linebackers. That was my first time back coaching linebackers since 2015. And just got really a good chance to, you know, grow with him. You know, me as a coach, him as a player, you know. And, again, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. He works extremely hard. And just had it developed a great relationship. So when the opportunity came, 
with uh, New York, you know, we got a chance to sign him there. And I mean, he was, he did a great job for me in terms of, you know, you know, running the defense, um, you know, echoing the message from the coaching staff. And I just got a lot of respect for him. I got a lot of respect for him as a player, but more importantly, as a man, you know, I, I just to see his growth as he's gotten older, you know, that's one of the, the benefits of our job, you know, get to see these young men grow up, you know, on and off the field. And so we've always stayed close, you know, even when I left Green Bay, we stayed close. When I left the Giants, we stayed close. So just really proud of him, his development as a man. So there's defensive coordinator Patrick Graham talking about Blake Martinez. And the thing about it, what I really like is a guy that obviously knows Patrick Graham's scheme. And he, he just dialed up. He just lets you know uh, how well he knows them, how good of a relationship they have. I kind of look at it as Denzel Perryman when the Raiders made that trade for Denzel when he was with the Carolina Panthers. He was a guy that didn't need any kind of seasoning. He's not a guy that needed a whole bunch of uh, you know practice reps and all that to, to, to understand the scheme. He had already been in it so long that he understands it. So Blake Martinez, if he has to go on Monday, I feel very confident that he can go in there and play a major role. I mean, this guy is a tackling machine. And what's Denzel Perriman? A tackling machine. So, I mean, it's 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 good for good, right? And, and to have him on the practice squad, and that's why I think it's so vital and so it's really a good advantage for teams now that they're able to put veterans, guys that have been in the league for a while, on the practice squad and be able to use them, you know, bring them up in case of emergency. Now, if you have a guy on the practice squad like Blake Martinez, another team can go and sign a guy off the practice squad and have to put them immediately on the 53-man roster, and that happens. Matter of fact, earlier today, Billy Price, the center who was on the Raiders practice squad, actually got signed by the Arizona Cardinals, and now he's on their active roster. So maybe that opened up the roster spot for Blake Martinez. I don't know. But Billy Price is out. He's in. Uh, he's now in Arizona. But Blake Martinez, which obviously is somebody that they really need, a linebacker to fill some depth, is, uh, is, is a now a member of the Silver and Black. I think that's big. Oh, it's definitely going to be big because, like you said, we just do not know with Denzel Perryman. And to have someone where it's a big compliment. When a coach says, hey, he's one of the smartest players I've ever been around, mm-hmm. that's something that he can wear as a badge of honor. And also, in New York, he was a team captain. Yep. And it just says that that's someone who's going to get the respect of the players in that locker room. Maybe not have the biggest impact on the field. We haven't seen that yet. We do not know what that's going to be. But when it comes to someone who's going to come to work and do their job, that's what the Raiders are getting in Blake Martinez. Yeah, no, they really are. So uh, I, I think that that's a really good addition. I know that he was a guy who went and worked out for the Raiders a, a couple weeks back, and nothing came of it. So to see that they pulled the trigger, brought him in, obviously that you know kind of lets you know that there's a good possibility that Denzel Perryman won't play on Monday. And I don't want to. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to play one. I didn't stay at a Motel Six last night. I can't. You know, I didn't do any of that. So you know, I'm not going to try to diagnose what's going on with them. I know we saw him after the game on Sunday, and he looked like he was in good spirits, as did Hunter Renfro. But until we actually hear, and tomorrow we'll get the injury report, the first one for the week. We'll get another one on Thursday, Friday, and then on Monday we'll find out who's in and who's out. Continuing on with defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, what he had to say. How about the secondary? Because there are some guys that are banged up in the secondary, and you know, a guy like Sam Webb may have to step up. Up, but uh, you always got to have that kind of next man up mentality. Uh, you had your, uh, your your depth challenge a little bit in the secondary with some injuries and some guys being out. Like, how, how did you feel they responded? They like we, they're supposed to. They're professionals. Next man up. 
you know, nobody cares. Nobody's going to say, oh, we feel bad for the Raiders. No, so the next man up and come in there and play. And I think guys, you know, last week, you know, they, they challenged themselves and they, they went out there, they performed, and we got the victory. And, you know, it'll be the same thing this week, next week, whatever week it comes up, it's next man up and let's go. That's all it can be, right? I always say that the next man up, you know, I know every coach will always say the next man up, next man up, and that's great. But, you know, if the next man was as good as the first man, he'd be the first man and not the next man. But you got to take advantage of your opportunity. Right, any chance that you get out there, I think Sam Webb's gonna at some point get some burn, some real good burn. If a guy like Rock can't go, like you saw him inactive on Sunday, I thought that was a big deal. But again, the Raiders were able to step up and, and have a pretty productive day from the corner position. Uh, obviously, Nate Hobbs had a, a really good day, had a nice sack that he had early on Russell Wilson. And then, of course, Meek Robertson, don't have to really talk too much more about him, been singing his praises uh, the last couple of days. Now, the next challenge, Patrick Mahomes. I think everybody saw him Sunday Woo. night. Everyone knows what he's capable of doing. I mean, when people say that, oh, Patrick Mahomes is not going to be as good without Tyreek Hill, and I know that we said, hey, what's the offense going to look like? I question what the offense is going to look like. Guess what? They're fine. They're fine. They're putting up plenty of numbers. They have 15 touchdowns on the season, so they're scoring. So the one thing is the Raiders can't try to try to uh, kick a bunch of field goals on Monday and think they're going to win the game. I mean, they've got to get into the end zone. Of course, we'll get to that later on. Matter of fact, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy about that uh, not only today, but we'll talk on Thursday as well. But now Patrick Graham and that defense have to completely change their their focus, go from Russell Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. And that's a big jump. Not saying that Russell Wilson is some slouch, because he's not. But Patrick Mahomes is just a different dude. So here's Patrick Graham shifting the focus to Patrick Mahomes. Big thing though about this league, you just got to move on to the next opponent, especially for this week. You know, with Kansas City coming up, you know, a division game on the road. You know, I, I would be lying to you if my focus didn't shift that night. You know, to Kansas City, uh, but you know, definitely enjoyed the win. I was really happy for the players. You know, you know all the hard work they put in and the reward they get on a Sunday when they get a victory. That's probably the biggest enjoyment I get out of my job, seeing those guys smile and be happy after putting in all the hard work. And then the coaches too, you know, assistant coaches, you know, all the work they put in. I was just happy that we were able to get the win. I loved how fired up Patrick Graham was with Josh Jacobs, right? I mean, when you see a defensive coordinator go over and start pumping up the running back that just salted the game away for you, you know what I mean? Just, he was so fired up. You want to talk about being happy that guys won. He was happy about that victory, but he was so fired up for Josh Jacobs. I think that that is a compliment to the team. You know what I mean? He's not sitting there thinking about, hey, Max Crosby did this, Amik did this, hey, congratulations. He's congratulating the workhorse, right? The guy that went and got it done on the ground, Josh Jacobs. I thought that was really cool and kind of told you a lot about Patrick Graham, and I've said this so many times, and I don't want to overreact to one win, but Patrick Graham's going to be a head coach at some point, right? And I don't know if it's going to be next year, following year, I don't know. But at some point, he's going to be a head coach. And just when you see stuff like that, when you see a defensive-minded guy, a defensive coordinator, go to the offensive player and just celebrate with him, that tells you what, what the, the players mean to him. That goes a long way. I, mean, I know it doesn't show up in the stat sheet. It doesn't guarantee a win just because he's celebrating with the guy, but it tells you what they, what they think and what they, uh, you know, how they are with the relationship as far as the players go. Finally, from Patrick Graham, and then we'll get to Juan the Smasher, uh, playing Mahomes differently. He, he's talking about... Patrick Mahomes, the dude, the quarterback, what he does, what he brings to the table. So here he is talking about playing Mahomes differently. To me, everybody's at the point of attack. So, you know, you talk about point of attack. Okay, you might be thinking about right or left side, but everybody's at the point of attack with, with all their skilled players. You know, the running backs, the receivers. 
I mean, they could go anywhere. They're a skilled group. I mean, pretty dynamic. I mean, you saw my, uh, Sunday night. I mean, guys, you know, they can make plays. They can start on the right side and end up on the left side and make plays. So everybody's at the point of attack. We got to do a good job of leveraging the field and make sure we're leveraging the formations. But, again, you know, we talk about that all the time. With most teams, they just have a lot of guys out there that could present issues. We, there's so much talk about Mahomes. A guy like Kelsey is so hard to prepare for as well. But being a tight end that has those kind of receiving skills, uh, what kind of a challenge does he bring? I mean, an extreme challenge, you know, because, you know, whether it's in the pa passing game, you know, third down, red area, early down, he's making plays all over the field. And he's done it for his whole career. So, you know, there's a track record of that. And what you got to do is, you know, figure out what your best plan is to try to help minimize it. I mean, you're not going to stop him all the way. He's too good of a player, but you got to try to minimize. But, you know, again, he's very he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. And I think he plays with a certain joy and energy that, you know, you know, you, you could you really um, look at it and say, you know, I like this guy because of the way he plays football. He enjoys he enjoys being out there with his teammates and playing the game. And I respect that. So that was about Patrick Mahomes right there and playing him differently. The second half of that question, after Adam Hill asked it, uh, just got a little bit of the other question that I have no idea what he was talking about. I was like, wait a minute, this ain't got nothing to do with playing Mahomes differently. But uh, that was just a little bit of uh, a little error on our part. But that's okay. Uh, the second half of that was what Patrick Graham was saying about playing Mahomes a lot differently. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. We got Mark McMillan coming up at 2.30 to talk all things to Meek Robertson. But let's talk to our good friend, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's going on? Chilling, man. Chilling. I know that's right. <laughs> hey, Q. Yo. I just, I just want to say what's up to them Raiders. Man, th them guys made me proud because they went out there. All I kept hearing was what, about this Donco, about this uh, Broncos uh, donkey defense that they're top five, top this, top nothing. Because we got a defense, too. Because these cats were out there playing ball, too. Amik, hell yeah. Hey, him, and uh, he, he was with, the, with those tackles, with that fumble. But all I keep hearing was those donkeys this, donkeys that. You know what? I don't, I don't want to hear nothing but that because our defense came to play too. You know what I'm saying? Three sacks, and we got a fumble. And uh, to, to answer your question, Q, uh, about the defense and Mad Max, when the, uh, I remember the last time we had a top, what was the top ten, 2004 with Rob Ryan, he's back too. So, so why cannot the Raiders this year be a top ten? I, I know we got a lot of work to do, but hey, come on Raiders, because I love me some defense. And if, and if that fool Blake Martinez could go out there like Simon and wrap fools up, come on, baby, let's go. And this week, I can't stand these fools, Q. This is, this is, the, this is the team, the game that I circle in my calendar because I can't stand that coach. I can't stand none of those dudes. Come on, Raider, let's go, baby. There he goes. Juan, the Smasher fired up. Not mad at that at all. And Juan's talking about potentially a top 10, and that's that's high. That's high praise right there. But I think that the defense is coming along. I really do. I think that they're playing some really good ball. So I do ask the question. I throw it out to you on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Also, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. From what you've seen so far this season from the defense, how good do you believe they could be? And then also, what type of season do you see from Max Crosby? He's got four sacks on the season. He's got eight tackles for loss. He's playing really good against the run as well, something that he hasn't been uh, really praised for, but he's in on, on run defense. He's playing really well to stop the run, something that I know he's worked on a lot. So what are your thoughts on Max? What do you think of the overall defense, how they're going to be the rest of the way? Uh, one quick text from the mailman Raider. He said, Q, my original prediction was I thought this D would get off to a slow start, and by week four or five, it would show big signs of improvement. And after I said that you said you, and after I said that, you said that could cost uh, 
cost us some games, and it did. I thought after week five it could be top ten, and I'm sticking to that. The offense needs to catch up. So Mailman Raider thought that the defense would get off to a slow start. It did. Uh, the Raiders are were 0-3 until Sunday. Now they're 1-3 on the season with a big game coming up against Kansas City on Monday. Speaking of Kansas City, a guy who actually used to play for the Chiefs, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, played with the Eagles as well. He's going to join us to talk about Amik Robertson, but also give us a temperature of what Kansas City is like this week when it's uh, when it's Raider week, as they call it, in Kansas City. We'll talk to him next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Meek kept doing his job and just kept competing. And uh, I've always loved him. Uh, he's a guy that we say is always constantly trending upward. You know, we always say that about him, just his personality. And so to see him make plays, how hard he works, I could tell it made him mad, you know, when he did it. And he's like, all right, yeah, we're going to keep playing. So it was, it was good to see him compete that way, especially with all the injuries we got going on in the secondary. But I was happy for him because he's such a good, good kid. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr right there talking about Amik Robertson, talking about the fact that Jerry Judy gave him the you're too small motion. And, well, Amik Robertson just decided to go ahead and wreck the rest of the game for Jerry Judy, and he did a heck of a job. And joining us now on the phone lines to talk about what he saw from Amik Robertson was a former, is former uh, NFLer, defensive back Mark McMillan. And, uh, Mark, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We were talking about Amik a lot yesterday on the show, and I said, well, he's not very big, and he he has that, that mighty mouse kind kind of, you know, feel to him. Not that he's playing on your level because you you did it for a very long time at a very high level, but, you know, you were a smaller dude and you found a way to thrive in the NFL. When you see Amik Robertson and you saw the kind of performance he had on Sunday, what do you think of? Um, I, I think of myself. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I told you earlier today, uh, even in pregame, uh, you know, everybody wants to get the pictures of Devontae Adams, but I was focused on him. Um, I knew he was going to have to play a, a pivotal role in the game uh, on Sunday, and he ended up coming up with some really big plays. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of that young man. Uh, obviously, watching him through training camp, uh, you know, not getting a lot of uh, of the hype and a lot of the attention because uh, they do have a really good secondary. Uh, but he played a big role uh, in, in the game Sunday, and I just like the way he gets after it, man. Um, obviously, you know, he's been told he's too small probably his whole career, just like me. And when you get an opportunity to play on a big-time stage, uh, you want to prove all those people wrong that doubted you. And, uh, you know, he's proving those people wrong. Every week he goes out, he's just trying to do the best that he can, and, and he's contributing to the team. When people told you that you were too small and that you couldn't do it, you couldn't play on that level, what what went through your mind? How did you get ramped up? Uh, well, I can't say that on the radio. Uh, but <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was, uh, you know, I used that as motivation. Uh, you know, I used to put uh, the, the news clippings in my locker of certain reporters that used to say I couldn't do it and too small. But, you know, when you've been told that the, your whole life and obviously you're playing in the National Football League, you can't get any higher or better than that. Uh, so you want to go out there and just perform at a high level, uh, be a good team player. Um, obviously, I wanted to, to prove everybody wrong every week. You know, they ask you the same question. What are you going to get do against Jerry or Chris Carter? Well, the same thing I did last week. If I didn't perform where well, I wouldn't have a job. So, I'm sure he gets that question asked a lot about his size and 
Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of that young man. No, I, I am as well, and I really like what he's been able to do. Really, going back to the fourth preseason game against the Patriots, I feel like he really stepped up in that game and really solidified his his spot on the roster because I, I didn't think I, – I'll be honest, I didn't think he was going to make the team uh, following that preseason game until I actually saw him go out there and perform. And, you know, he really opened up my eyes, and now you see what he's doing. He's thriving. And, look, Mark, he gave up that play to Jerry Judy uh, early in the game. Yeah. It looked like he fell down. looked like he's kind of tripped a little bit. And then the rest of the game, he seemed like he was just in the zone – how, as a defensive back, how how do you just quickly clear that, not think about it, and get just get back to the next play? Um, that's just part of being a uh, defensive back. You have to have a quick memory. Uh, you know that's what separates the good ones from the from the great ones. Uh, you got to be able to come back uh, and, and focus on the task at hand. Obviously, it was a good throw. Uh, Jerry Judy is one of the best receivers in the league, so it's great competition. Uh, but when you get beat as a defensive back, man, you know, it, it, it it pisses you off, and you. You can see that in him. You know, once he gave up the, the, the play, Jerry Judy gave him the, the, the too small uh, gesture. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, he just came back and, and locked in and stayed focused. Uh, like I said, I, I think he's better uh, on the inside as to the outside because it's a little tougher as, as a smaller guy because, you know, those 50-50 balls, the way these guys are jumping nowadays and the size of the receivers, you know, it, it puts us at a disadvantage as being a smaller corner. But uh, he locked in, uh, stayed focused, and uh, and played a heck of a ball game. Yeah, no, he, he really did. And, uh, man, the plays he made, the Raiders needed him to make those plays. Again, we're talking with Mark McMillan here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. They used to call him Mighty Mouse in the league, and he was a hell of a player. My man, Damon, he's got one for you. When it comes to identifying, let's say, like a screen pass or those bubble screens, because he blew up a couple of those, mm-hmm. too. How much is it as you as a player, like the film study, and just the want to of, hey, I just got to get there first and make this tackle? Um, as, as a film study, that helps out big time. Uh, you know, assignment alignment. You know, that was one of our keys when I played. Uh, you know your assignment, you check out the alignment, and then you just execute uh, to the formation. And obviously this young man is a student of the game. Uh, when you see a guy that can react that fast to those plays, that young man studied. Uh, he knew that was coming. And being a smaller guy, uh, like when I played cover two, I have to make sure that I have to get back there fast because there's, those running backs are 220-plus pounds. So the last thing you want those guys to do is get ahead of steam. So seeing him come up being physical, um, you know, just, just, just being a dog, you know, mm-hmm. just, just being a dog and just being disruptive uh, is just going to, uh, you know, deter guys in the following weeks that, man, we got to be really careful. we got to change our alignment because – uh, he's reading his formation, and he's making big plays out of it. That was one of the most impressive plays I saw from him. Of course, the scoop and score is what everyone's going to talk about. But, man, being able to diagnose that wide receiver screen and literally block the blocker in, or push the blocker yeah. back into the, the wide receiver, that is not easy at all. And he did that successfully. And, matter of fact, it was a loss of yardage. I mean, that that's a huge play, Mark. Yeah, that's a big-time play. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't uh, really resonate probably to the fans. They just say, oh, it's a great play. You know, he talks tackle for a loss. But a lot went into that one play. Uh, obviously, you know, the Denver Broncos probably thought they had an advantage of him being on the outside, that all they had to do was just get the block and they could probably beat him being a smaller guy. That's their mentality, you know, as an offensive guy. You think, like, oh, guy's small. You know, we can take advantage of certain situations. Uh, but that's a, that's a big part of his game that he's going to have to continue to get better at uh, as tackling, uh, reading the screens, uh, being more aggressive, taking, taking chances. And, and that'll get guys, uh, you know, from stop throwing his way. 
when it comes to actually scoring the football, you've made it to the end zone a couple of times in your <laughs> career as well. What's it like when you're that defensive player and you get that interception, you pick up that fumble? Because we saw with the Meek at first, he was trying to outrun the entire coverage, but then he had to <laughs> slow it back and cut back and allow his blockers to help him out. So what's going through your mind when you're like, I finally got the ball when you're on defense? Oh, man, it, it, everything just slows down. It, it's like, uh, you know, when you get a chance to get an opportunity to score in the National Football League, uh, at home, you know, there's no better feeling than that. Uh, I'm sure the crowd just the crowd noise probably went silent until he got into the end zone. And like I said, he he was getting up out of there. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, when you can score uh, as a defensive back, and don't forget that he's got that in his claws that when you scoop and score, you get a bonus for that. So you know, for <laughs> the fans out there, we get bonuses for scoring points on defense. Uh, so he's going to get a nice. Hopefully, he's got like 15 or 20 grand in his in his deal. Uh, if he scores a touchdown and get a fumble, so you know that'll bump up his little uh, salary a little bit as well. But uh, seeing him score, uh, seeing Nate Hobbs, how excited he was for his teammate, uh, you know that, that's it, it. Just resonated through the whole team, man. And that second half, they really stepped up big time and shut the Denver Broncos down. Again, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. I'm glad you brought up Nate Hobbs because he's a fifth round pick. Obviously, Amik was a later round pick, and it seems like those guys are like thick as thieves. Do you feel like that they probably walk around the locker room with that same chip on their shoulder because you know they feel like, hey, look, people are underestimate us, but we can go out there, we can ball. Uh, but Nate Hobbs just has that that faith. That that game face, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's probably joking around in the locker room, uh, but, but pregame, uh, you know, just watching him come out, uh, you know, just fired up, just had that look in his eye. Obviously, just getting out of the concussion protocol, uh, knowing he's going to, you know, go against some really good dece- receivers uh, in the Denver Broncos. And when you're a late round pick, uh, Q man, it, it just uh, resonates to you as far as just being hungry. You know, back then it was what 12 rounds. I was in the tenth round, so it was like, man, there was like a hundred other DBs that got picked in front of me and there's no way, uh, you know, I I should be that low. And I'm sure Nate Hobbs carries that same kind of mentality and he plays like that. And, you know, Nate Hobbs is another guy that I'm, I'm really high on and, uh, you know, slowly working his way up the charts and being one of the top cornerbacks in the National Football League. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, me and you were exchanging text messages earlier about Nate, and I was saying, maybe just go ahead and put him on the outside all the time, and you're like, well, he's really good on the inside, so it's almost <laughs> like the Raiders have a problem where to play Nate, because he's so stinking good no matter where you put him. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being in Philadelphia when I was with uh, Eric Allen, you know, we had another uh, safety, John Booty, it was like, where do we put Eric? You know, because Eric was like the playmaker. Like he's a good blitzer. He's also really good on the outside. Uh, Nate Hobbs thrived, thrived last year of being in the inside. Uh, he's more physical. Uh, you know, so that that's uh, you know that adds to his value. But on the outside, Nate Hobbs is, is turning into a really good man to man defender as well. So it's a great problem to have as a coach because you can interchange those guys and and use them in, in the fashion that they did. You saw Nate Hobbs coming in. On, on a couple of blitzes, mm-hmm. uh, making a sack. Uh, so it, it's a great problem to have as a defensive coordinator. And when you have Max Crosby, man, what can you say about this dude? He just, he just took over the second half. I, that was almost like a, 
Reggie White slash Lawrence Taylor performance the way he just dominated the second half. And he just seems like he's just getting better and better, right? I mean, he got his contract extension, and he's just like he's yeah. just grinding. He's there's no slowdown. There's no okay. I got my money. I'm good. <laughs> it's like no, I got to get better and better and better. I can appreciate that from Max Crosby. Now, Mark, I want to go back to Meek real quick because he had told us after that that uh, final preseason game that man, since I've been in the league, I haven't touched the ball yet. And then he got his first interception of his career against the Cardinals, and then he gets his scoop and score on Sunday and uh, on, against the Broncos. Does it all of a sudden slow down? You mentioned slow down earlier. Does it all of a sudden like start slowing down where the ball almost finds you instead of you just always trying to go get the ball? Yeah, when you study, um, you finally get your, your your first taste, you know, your first test of uh, of interception. Then you get a scoop and score. Uh, they just really start to slow down. And the more opportunity he gets, the more reps he gets, uh, it's only going to be better for him. And when you have a pass rush, like, you know, go back to Max, when you have a pass rush when that clock is ticking real fast, you can be a little bit more aggressive uh, playing in the, on the back end because you know uh, your, your rush is going to get there. And uh, things just slow down real tough. Uh, you know, uh, I always go back to Eric Allen, man, because he was my mentor in the way he used to just make plays and it just looked effortless. And, you know, I, I see that as well, uh, you know, with, with the Raiders secondary as well. Uh, things are slowing down. Guys are making plays. Uh, last year, they were giving up the big-time plays and not coming through with uh, the big-time tackles. And, you know, this, this year, you know, it's been off and on, but the defense has been playing pretty good all year. When it comes to that defense and this defense getting better, because for me, predictions-wise, I was like, hey, if this defense can be 15 or 20 in the league, hey, this offense is going to be potent enough that they're going to be fine. When it comes to that defense, we're, we're already a quarter of the way through. What's it like in a locker room where you're saying, hey, this defense is good, but we got to get better? What are those discussions like of good is not good enough when it comes to just that defensive side of the locker room? Well, third down, you can always get better on third down. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Broncos got, got a couple of third down conversions that they shouldn't have gotten. Uh, you can cut down on the penalties as well. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can improve on on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, you can never be satisfied because uh, the NFL, man, it's a week-to-week league. Uh, you can be hot one week, and then the next week you just, uh, you know, you piss the bed. So as a defensive unit, you just got to stay locked in, stay focused. Um, you know, coming up a, a really good performance like they did last uh, against the Broncos, you just got to build off of that and, and continue to get better and uh, continue to have good communication on the back end. Uh, a couple of plays, uh, they, they had some miscommunication where guys were running wide open. Uh, I think they were playing cover two, and I was talking to Eric about that. Uh, they just got to be a little bit more aggressive on the outside and not letting the guys have these free releases. Uh, if you go back and watch the tape, uh, the receiver is the number one outside guy was just getting free releases. You got to get a, a jam on these guys to kind of change up the pace and, and uh, force them inside to those safeties and you know, some of those things they need to clean up. Talking right now with Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, played with Philadelphia, but he also played in Kansas City. And if you look at the schedule, Monday, the Raiders are going to be in Kansas City in Arrowhead. And, and Mark, uh, we always, you know, of course we always appreciate you. You know that. And you got a lot of love. Uh, you always come out to, to check out the Raiders practice and all that. But I got to ask you, man, what is it like on a Monday night in Arrowhead? Oh, man, it, it, it's spectacular. Um, you know, it's probably one of the best settings uh, in, uh, in the National Football League. I'm sure there's going to be some other stadiums that people say, no, we got the best. But Arrowhead, man, on a Monday night, uh, you know, the, the stands are going to be packed. Uh, the tailgate is going to be there early. Uh, there's going to be barbecue smoke uh, fill the stadium up. Uh, but it, 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 it's awesome, man. And then obviously, you know, in, K- in Kansas City, we called it Raider Week. Yeah. Uh, we knew, uh, you know, when, when the Raiders came to town, 
whether we went there or came there, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, we knew it when Marty came in on Monday and he started crying on Monday, we knew that this, this game meant a lot more uh, uh, to him than probably a lot of people really knew. Uh, he really didn't like the Raiders at all. <laughs> and, of course, Marcus Allen, the way things went down in Oakland, he didn't like the Raiders at all either. And, you know, we just kind of fed off of that. And, uh, you know, Raider week is something special, man. We just we didn't like them. Right. And, you know, now the other side of the coin, you know, doing doing the Raiders <laughs> and covering these guys. But, you know, it, it's, uh, it's still inside, man. It's just something about the Raiders, uh, Al Davis, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, you know, just going back with the history of this rivalry, um, it, it's really special. And now you got the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a big win uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, you got the Raiders, uh, you know, traveling to Kansas City. Uh, I just hope they don't stop and eat too much barbecue before the game. <laughs> no, if, if they're going to eat the barbecue, eat the barbecue after the game. And it's funny you mentioned how, how much of the hatred goes back and forth. I was talking with Lincoln Kennedy earlier today, and he was saying, man, I hate the Chiefs. Man, I hate the Chiefs. And so it was so funny. We said more than the Broncos because of the snowball thing. He's like, no, I got those guys back. I got the fans. I already took care of that. But I sure hate those Chiefs. It's just, you're right. That rivalry, all the different players that play for both organizations, that rivalry is thick man that's that's some serious stuff right there yeah it's going to be it's going to be exciting obviously for the players uh to know the history of this rivalry mm-hmm. uh know the history of, of of it going way back to you know Emmett thomas days you know the lynn dawson days yeah. uh you know the ken stabler uh the jim plunkett the cliff branches you know we can go on and on about this rivalry uh it, it's a serious rivalry man it's it, Trust me, man. It was fights every time we played against the Raiders, uh, whether it be Arrowhead or or in Oakland. Bro, we really didn't like these dudes, and we knew they didn't like us either. We had to fight and, and get a fifteen yard penalty for it. Um, that was one one thing about Marty, man. Uh, God rest his soul. He's not here to, to to talk about it, but Raider Week, he said, hey, "Okay, you guys get fifteen apiece." So it was me, Dale Carter, James Hasty. We knew. We had one chance to go really at these guys real hard and get a 15-yard penalty and not get in trouble for it. So that's how that's how serious that rivalry went to Marty Schottenheimer. I have no doubt about it, and, and that's the beauty <laughs> of it. And, you know, I'd love to see these guys, you know, more competitive and closer and closer and closer, you know, because the, the Chiefs have been so dominant for so long. Uh, I'd love to see this be a lot closer and get that rivalry feel back because it was so special and it was so nasty uh, between the two organizations back in the day. Well, Mark, it's always great to catch up with you, man. You got any uh, updates on Grill and McMillan that we need to know about? Oh, man, I'm just I'm getting ready to launch my new uh, Spices and Seasons in a couple of weeks. I just got a really good call uh, today that I'll be part of the Taste of the NFL. Wow. That will be, uh, will be before the Super Bowl, so I'll be out there grilling. Uh, so maybe the Raiders will uh, be there, or, you know, uh, you know that'll be a good good thing for us all to be there and, and cover the game. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, one of my teams will be there. You know, hopefully the Eagles or somebody can get into it, but – Man, I'm just excited about the brand, man. I appreciate the platform that you guys give me. I wish I could bring some of that barbecue sauce up in the booth. I thought he had wings the other day. The wings were fire. But I'm telling you, if we had that Grilla McMillan barbecue sauce on it, it would be special. Well, I mean, we can make that happen. <laughs> I know a friend that knows a friend that knows a friend, and we'll do what we can do to make that happen. Hey, man, it's always great to catch up with you. I appreciate you as always. Great knowledge, and we'll talk soon. 
I appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work, man. I appreciate you, my man. No doubt about it. There he goes. Great dude, Mark McMillan, uh, former NFL defensive back, played with the Eagles, played with the Chiefs, and uh, just really gave us a lot of great knowledge on playing the defensive back position. Really do appreciate the breakdowns. 2.49 is the time. We'll come back. Uh, got a couple texts and a couple calls we want to get to as we close out hour number one here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to have John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 talking all things NFL. Many thanks to former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan. Join us in the last segment, talk all things Meek Robertson, Raiders secondary, Nate Hobbs, uh, the defense in general. And today's been one of those days, kind of like a defensive type day. And we just found out that Adam Hill was actually the only one at the Raiders presser today uh, with defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. And I couldn't be there. I had a meeting at 11 and that's what time it was. So I didn't think anything of it. The last few weeks, it's been a full house except for me on on uh, Tuesdays. But apparently, Adam Hill had exclusive one-on-one pretty much with uh, Mick Lombardi and Patrick Graham. That's kind of cool. I kind of wish I was there to have that one-on-one opportunity. Oh, because you would have had some developed inside jokes for next Tuesday yeah, and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it would have been nice. But, but Adam, like you said, being the only person there, and he just kept asking questions because we have a full sheet of sound. And yeah. it's funny that... Oh, Adam asked all those questions. Right, exactly. So shout out to Adam Hill, man. He put in some yeoman's work today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center Raiders HQ. So we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Been asking about the defense. Uh, now that you've seen four games from them, uh, how, how good do you think this defense could be? You know, what do you think they could do the rest of the way? And what kind of season do you see from one Max Crosby? Let's go out to Colorado and talk to our good friend Raider Mike. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on, brothers? How y'all doing today? Chilling, man. We're good. Good, good. Um, hey, man, for me, me personally, four games into the season man, with the defense, um, I'm a big Pat, uh, Pat Graham fan, man. Ever since uh, last year, when he played when he played the Chiefs, uh, when he was the Giants' defensive coordinator, and remember that the, the Chiefs only the Chiefs beat them by three, mm-hmm. but he kind of he kind of held the offense in check throughout the entire game. Um, so. If I were Pat Graham, I would I would go back and, and watch that tape and see, you know, he might just scheme things up a little bit. And I believe that we have a better defense, obviously, than the Giants had. But, I mean, if he can put that kind of game plan together against the Chiefs this, this Monday, I mean, I think we have a, I think we have a good chance. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not seeing anything um, from the defense that I didn't see when he was coaching uh, the Giants last year. Um, you know, the, like the second half of games, you know, finishing with – we're only allowing zero to seven points, um, but I just see them fighting a little harder, um, not not giving up, um, even when the offense is not really helping them out much. Um, just they're not giving up big plays consistently, like like we always have been. Um, so you know, kind of just standing their ground a little bit and 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 trying to go a full four quarters. So I'm proud of what I see right now. And yeah, like I said, if I was Pat Graham, I would definitely go back and, and check that tape out. And I think we got a great chance to, to, to win this game on Monday, man. If, it's a, it's a big if, the offense has to score seven and not three. Yeah. Do not get in that red zone. Yep. Keep going for field goals. Or we already know what Pat, Pat Mahomes and them boys going to do. So yep. that's it, you. Just want to put my two cents in, brother. Hey, great call, Raider Mike. Appreciate you. And yeah, can't have the Fabians, right? The, the minus fours. Fabian's rolling over right now saying, that's right, no minus fours. It don't matter. Fabian's asleep. We could talk about those minus fours. And he'll wake up and be like, yes, no minus fours. No minus fours. On Monday, the Raiders have to score touchdowns. 2.57 is the time. We'll come back with John McClain. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.